And hello, everyone, and welcome. This is Rich Sports Talk, your home for New York Jets content throughout this season. Man, so much has happened for the Jets even before the first preseason snap in the game, which is coming Thursday night. And the Jets, of course, suffering a major blow in training camp, as we talked about live last night. Makai Becton now likely out for the season. And from all the murmur that you've heard on social media and that I've seen today, it's highly unlikely that Makai Becton is back this season. It's easy to just assume that he will be out for the entire season. So there's an awful lot to talk about today, guys. We're going to talk a little bit about everything, but we will start off with first Makai. We'll then talk about Robert Sal's comments about Makai Becton today at training camp. Before moving on to talk about the most important question that I believe you guys all have on your mind, where do the Jets go from here? Now, if you're just joining us during the live stream, thank you as always. Make sure to put your comments in the chat. If you are joining us after this and you're seeing this on YouTube, make sure that you comment. I want to get to all the comments that we can. If you comment in a previous video, I will check it out. I will check out your comments, see what you guys have put out there. Uh, so again, even if you're not able to join us in the live stream, I will make sure to get to the content as soon as possible. But let's start off with the hardest part of this, and that is Makai himself. You never want to see an injury like this, especially to young players who have their whole entire careers ahead of him. And for someone that Robert Sal was talking up today saying that, he look, he's gone throughout the entire training camp. He's worked his butt off. He's worked again to a starting position. And it's unfortunate. And I think it's got to be a little bit aggravating for Becton because Becton's one of those players that we've seen in the very few glimpses of when he is healthy that he does have the talent to play at the NFL level. And not just the talent, but unique talent that is very rare to see. And that has to be maddening right now. And you look at Becton coming back from the serious knee injury last year, it's slightly different than that, but it's the same knee. And really came on a weird play in practice, didn't even get rolled up, wasn't a lot of heavy contact. But still, this has to be devastating for a young man that just got his first kid, became a father for the first time this offseason really has to be frustrating for someone that hasn't been there. Becton, according to Rich Me, has a chip fracture in the kneecap. Salah has confirmed that. A lot of the beat reporters doing a very good job on that. Sal, of course, defending Becton against his critics because a lot of people have jumped on Becton today. And look, there's a lot to talk about. Practice, of course, for the Jets did not go well today. We will get into that in just a moment. But you just feel bad for someone that just has all the talent in the world and just you hope for the best. You hope for a speed recovery. Makai's a great kid, but you do hope that this Jet team can go out there and be able to piece together everything. Lots of great comments coming through. I'll get to them in a second. But I do have to disagree with one thing Robert Sal said. I give Robert Sal a lot of credit for all the comments he made today. But there was one comment that I don't believe and that he basically said to an extent that I'm paraphrasing that he doesn't believe this is the end of the road for Becton. That might not be the case in his football career, but let's be honest, this is the end of the road for his New York Jets career. Because when we get to the end of this season for Mekhi Becton, 
this will be he'll have one year left on his rookie contract. I know the Jets are not going to pick up that fifth year option. And let's face the facts. This is a player that when we get to the end of the season, if he misses likely the entire season, which is projected, this is someone that will have played 14 games basically in his entire 50-year career, possible 50. Now, yes, he technically has played 15, but he only played a quarter in that first game in Carolina. So either way you slice up 14 or 15 games, this is someone that's going to have played just about 25% of the possible games in his entire NFL career. And realistically, like I was talking about last night, this is someone that's still technically a rookie. He hasn't made it through a full season. So Robert Sal, I can kind of agree that this might not be the road the end of the road for Beckton. I'm hoping it isn't, but for the Jets... It's over with Bekai Becton. They cannot rely on Makai Becton. The only like the only way they can do it is is hopefully he's their third stringer next year and they can maybe redevelop him. Like there's no way the Jets can come into next season and assume that he is going to be a starting tackle in the NFL because he will have played one quarter potentially in two full seasons. That just is not good. So I feel horrible for Makai. You hope him a speedy recovery. But here's the sad fact now that we have to get into, and I will get to the chat in a minute. The Jets, and I was saying this a lot last night, and a lot of people might vehemently disagree with what I'm about to say, but you know if you follow this channel, and if you're new to the channel, I'm a huge supporter of Joe Douglas. I love the way he's attacked the offseason and how he's built this roster. But a lot of people have asked me, because I do a lot of NFL draft content on this channel. I do mock drafts in the offseason. I do draft grades. The draft is my favorite part of the year. And if you love the draft, stay here because you know I'm going to give you a lot of great draft content. But here's the thing. When Sauce Gardner was picked with the fourth overall pick, I had mixed emotions. Because yes, Sauce Gardner could be the best defensive player in that entire draft. But in the back of my mind, I was saying, because I've been listening to what Salah was saying the whole offseason. They were worried about Makai's conditioning. I was hearing that they were worried about if he would be able to stay in shape. I was hearing issues, even those reports, that half the people in the building didn't think he would ever play another snap again in a game for the Jets. And unfortunately, that looks like it could be the case now. I was of the mindset that, yes, I believe Garrett Wilson can be an unbelievable receiver for this team. Yes, I believe Sauce Gardner can be an all-pro corner for this team. But the, the greatest question around the Jets is Zach Wilson. And Robert Sala and Joe Douglas are going to keep their careers based off of Zach Wilson's performance. For the last month, basically, I had the Jets locked into Icky at number four. Because I just kept saying, look, you have the chance to get the best offensive tackle in a draft, probably the safest tackle in the entire draft. And it eliminates the question. I said, absolute best case scenario, Becton comes back, plays 16 games, is completely healthy. Fant plays great. You don't see him on the field. But then you come to the end of the season, and it's like, okay, Fant wants to leave. We don't have to pay him a lot of money. We're good. We have another tackle. Or... Tackles are a premium position in the NFL. You could trade one of them and get a boatload back for them. And look, I understand hindsight's 2020, but I was still saying at the time, and even though I praised the Jets draft, and I do believe they did an unbelievable job, I always remember when I was recapping that draft saying, every mock draft I had, 
had the Jets taking an offensive lineman with one of the top four picks, whether it be trading back into the late into the first round, taking someone like a Ryman in the second round. I was even a, a fan of, even when they drafted Sauces 4, I would have taken Trevor Penning at 10. Look, I know not a popular pick with you guys because Garrett Wilson looks like he's going to be a great receiver. It looks great because of the timing, because of the run on wide receivers. But I just looked at Trevor Penning and said, look, this is someone that could be a nasty offensive lineman, could help impact this team right now. And it's so hard to get good offensive linemen. Because today at practice, the Jets gave up eight sacks. I do think that's a little skewed. I wouldn't panic yet, but it is worrisome. Because the other thing, too, is Fant wasn't in there because he's working back from the injury. But it's concerning because you're throwing Max Mitchell and Chuma Adoga out there, and these are the guys who you can pencil in right now at right tackle, and they are getting beat badly. And I have some theories about how the Jets can attack this, who they should go after, and a solution that I've been saying for months that could be maybe the best option of all of them. But let's get to your chats. Uh, what's wrong with getting Eric Fisher? Does he suck? Eric Fisher's had the injury issues, Eric M., I think that there's a little concern about his uh, his health. I think that's one of the reasons a lot of teams have stayed away. I'm a little surprised that he hasn't garnered more interest um, that you bring him up. I, I, look, I really like Eric Fisher a lot. I think he's a very good player, but this is someone that I believe he's coming off an injury too. I'm trying to remember off the uh, the top of my head, but – I, personally, I wouldn't mind him. In some ways, I would almost rather take a shot on Fisher because of his age. He's 30 years old. You, this might be a guy that could give you maybe two or three years of production where, look, Dwayne Brown, I know, has become everyone's begging for Dwayne Brown. Everyone wants Dwayne Brown. But the problem with Brown is, look, he's going to be a one-year stopgap. Like, he is going to fill on this offensive line for a year, and it's still a position you're going to have to replace. And even if you sign Fant, you're still going to be looking for a good offensive tackle and to upgrade. Carlos, back-to-back. Uh, -back. Hi, Rich. That news regarding Beckton. Good kid, all reports. But I think Sal was drafted because of Gase, not Robert Sal. Absolutely agree. I've been saying that. Uh, I still believe if you had Sal in that room, I believe he would have drafted Shift and Worth. That's just my personal opinion. Uh, Carlos, again, I do believe his record with the Jets strike a similar situation with Darrell. Both performed well during the rookie season, but got worse during their second, third season. Sign offensive Dwayne Brown development. Dwayne Brown's not really going to develop, but I think you're talking about the development of San of Zach Wilson. I see a lot of 12 personnel to support <laughs> right tackle. Jay Spector, not a bad idea. Jacob Klein, what's next? Sign Brown or Zach Wilson will be praying to God every week. Uh even with Brown, that he still might be praying. Uh, I bet Dwayne Brown price just went up by a lot. And the one reason I also said last night, and I was vehement about this, like you need to sign him as soon as possible because you not only need to build chemistry, like whatever offensive lineman you want are targeting, get him as soon as possible to build chemistry on this team. You need to get him in there, get him reps, get him especially with this pr practice because this is an offensive line. There's a lot of new faces, a lot of new uh, positions out there. So – even if Brown costs you a little bit extra, just get it done. Make sure because all we're away is all we have to hear about is the Rams. Some other great team loses a left tackle in training camp tomorrow and Brown is going there. Um, yeah, that's what it was. The spinal issue. So that's one of the red flags with him. Uh, LaFleur will definitely earn his pay this year, figuring out how to keep Zach upright. And look, granted, I will say this, though, as a whole, 
this offensive line, I still think as a unit is a lot better than last year because you've had Lakeland Tomlinson, who's a Pro Bowl guard. I think Elijah Vera Tucker has the upside to be a Pro Bowl. I think the two guards in center positions are great. And look, Fant has proven he is a serviceable tackle. So you have four of the five positions. Last year, there was a lot of questions, especially early. The right guard position was basically a turnstile with Greg Van Roten, or as I like to call him, Greg Van Rotten. Uh, you had Elijah Vera Tucker still developing. You had the shuffle of Fant moving to left tackle. Moses playing right. Um, so for me personally, I'm a little surprised that there's been a lot of this negative reaction, but I do get it. And I've been one of the proponents saying my biggest fear is a tackle injury, and that has happened. Wirfs is greater than Becton. I don't think you can agree with that. Pickens is greater than Garrett. Um, I don't know. We'll have to see about that. Thibodeau's better than Sauce. I think Sauce has the most upside of any player in this draft. Uh, I'm is damaged goods. I'm sorry if I spelled this name wrong. Right. I just believe this man is going to be a big problem. The Jets keep them. You can say he only played one year. Uh, let's see. I did want Kayvon. Sauce's Reeves two point or it was a Moran pick. Like that's the other thing now. Unfortunately for Sauce is there's going to be a ton of pressure on this kid now because if Sauce doesn't look like a pro bowler in year one there's a good chance he won't i mean look there's a big adjustment going from cincinnati to playing in the nfl on sunday if he struggles this year especially now at the offensive line it's going to be really hard for sauce because now unfortunately for sauce everyone's going to go back and look at the draft and look back in hindsight saying well why didn't we draft an offensive tackle i mean or if the offensive line is stinks and the right tackle is getting beat like a turnstile everyone's going to be like well why didn't we take an offensive lineman why didn't we take an offensive lineman first as much as i like luke fickle for his days at osu he played like garbage in conference since he got embarrassed by alabama so the question now becomes what do the jets do now the easiest and most simple answer to a lot of fans is sign Dwayne Brown. But Brown has issues of his own. Now, granted, he did have a high, higher PFF grade last year at 71.5 than Morgan Moses did, 70. But I am curious because Fant wants to play left tackle. He said that's the position he feels the best at left tackle. But if you sign Dwayne Brown, he's playing left tackle because he's never played right tackle in his life before. Now, the big question is because, don't forget, both of them played – the tackle spots on the Seattle offense, will he give Brown the respect? Will he be okay with moving back to right tackle because of Dwayne Brown? But I also would argue, too, even if the Jets go out inside Dwayne Brown, that should not be the end of it because you have Connor McDermott's already got a lower ankle injury. He's sidelined basically now for a week to two. You need to get guys repetitions. And look, I know they made a nice signing yesterday, but that's just a depth piece. Um Modine, Jets took all the wrong players. Why take a cute a corner? Jets is taking no tackle. Uh, look, that's what I was also arguing too, because Sauce Gardner could be an all-pro player. Sauce Gardner could have six interceptions this year. But in the grand scheme of the Jets, it doesn't mean anything if Zach Wilson's on the ground and Zach Wilson is bad. And more importantly, we can't get an answer on Zach Wilson. That was the whole thing with Sam Darnold is, yes, Sam Darnold doesn't look like he can play in the NFL. But the problem was that we couldn't really get an answer because, well, the Jets didn't do a good job on the offensive line and they didn't give him weapons and they didn't give him a running back. And look, Joe Douglas has done an unbelievable job surrounding this team with great talent. But you look at the tackle depth, 
to me, that was something that needed to be addressed because at the end of the season, like Jet fans, like, would you rather have all these prospects look amazing, but then you still have a question at quarterback? Or would you rather have an answer at quarterback? And yeah, there are growing pains for these young rookie players, but you know you have your franchise quarterback. That's the most important thing. The league now is you need to find the quarterback. You need to get him on the rookie rate scale, and you need to find out if he can play. And if you can't figure that out because the offensive line has got awful, that's going to be a big problem. And look, I don't think it's a complete disaster. This is still going to be on Zach Wilson because he has to still step up. He still has to prove that he can be a franchise quarterback. And there was bound to be injuries this year, whether it be to the receiving core, the offensive line, tight ends, running backs. It always happens. No one's ever fully healthy. So this is still a lot on Zach, but it did just get significantly harder. Now, the other thing, reason why I really was valuing getting a backup or a really good tackle was because you were moving back into a position. And the other thing we have to keep in mind here, and I have to keep saying this for Jet fans, is what did we really expect out of Becton at right tackle this year? Like, be honest with me in the chat. Like, you can uh, vehemently disagree with me or tell me I'm an idiot, but I looked in and said, look, he was a question mark. I didn't know how he was going to be at right tackle. I didn't know if he could block at right tackle. Like, we did not know. If you were just assuming that Makai Becton was just going to step into right tackle, play at a high level, and play 16 to 17 games this season. You can't honestly have thought that. Like, you were hoping for that. We were praying for that. We were crossing our fingers in every digit, hoping it would work. But be honest, we didn't know the answer to that question. Um, also, all of a sudden, Bryce Hall can't start LOL. Uh Whoever they sign needs to be done now. One month to open and can't have a repeat of last year. It took O-line seven games to start gelling. Well, to me, it wasn't gelling, Jay. It was the fact that they had Greg Van Roten and they couldn't figure out until they got the good doctor replaced. And once they got that and they got Greg Van Roten out that offensive line, uh, they were fine. Um, the one thing I've been also saying, too, um, with the Jets for months now, is and I'm interested to see what they do here. Is are they better off going out and signing a tackle, or are they better off trying to get an interior offensive lineman and kicking Elijah Vera Tucker out to the right tackle spot? Because personally, I wouldn't hate that move. Like they have there's JC Treader still available. He's a center, but if you get him to play center, you move McGovern to guard where he's played before, and then you move Elijah Vera Tucker out. Like to me, there's better offensive interior linemen in this free agent class right now than there are tackles for obvious reasons. But then the other big question becomes too, does this accelerate Joe Douglas who Connor Hughes report was basically on the phone the entire practice day. I mean, no shocker. He's looking to figure out the tackle position, but this is also a time for Joe Douglas. Like, can he be crafty? Because the one thing Joe Douglas has been really good at has been the trade market. But for the most part, it's been, getting draft picks back for players. But we also saw that aggressiveness to go after and try to get Tyree Kill, and the Jets, of course, came up short, but the Jets were hyper-aggressive. I am curious now, and I know it'll be hard because it's a premium position, but does Joe Douglas surprise us and try to pull off a trade here? Does he try to get some of the chips? Like, for example, one piece I thought of today 
in line with the Elijah Vera Tucker move to right tackle is could the Jets maybe pull off a trade package with Denzel Mims and a pick maybe to Denver? Uh, one of the interesting things is they have the guard Dalton Reisner. I mean, he's had 47 starts, 27-year-old in a contract year. But they've also been giving the rookie behind him a lot of reps. And it doesn't seem like the Broncos are going to pay him. It's, he's not in their long-term plans. Is he someone that the Jets can go out, get him to be a starting guy, be a starting caliber guard, you move Elijah Vera Tucker to the right tackle position. So can Joe Douglas get creative? Can he find a piece? And now all of a sudden, we've been talking a little bit this whole camp about Denzel Mims maybe being traded. I've talked about Bryce Hall, if Sauce looks as good as he can in camp and he's ready to go week one, does Bryce Hall become a trading chip? And now all of a sudden, Bryce Hall could be even more valuable to the Jets in a trade if you can go and get an offensive lineman right now. I know the Bears have talked about Tevin Jenkins uh, as a possibility on the block. It, look, it's rare to see offensive linemen traded, but we've also seen Joe Douglas pulled off the opposite way, getting those draft picks back. I want to see him be aggressive. If you can get a really good young tackle and you have to give up – multiple picks to do it like i'm comfortable if the jets feel confident that they can get a great offensive lineman it's it's going to be hard don't get me wrong it's not going to be easy can they go out there and try to bring in a young tackle even if it costs them valuable draft capital even if it causes them a nice piece like a haul like i would be aggressive and try to make that happen right now because you need to eliminate variables around zach wilson this year is on zach wilson eliminate the variables if Zach Wilson can't play, and but the, all the rest of the Jets, the O-line was good, the receivers were good, the running backs were good, you have your answer to so your franchise quarterback. You can't have it being, well, Zach got killed because the offensive line couldn't block on the right side, and uh, we think he's got the talent, um, but I don't know uh jacob klein they're drafting o-line lb heavy next year uh i don't necessarily agree with the linebacker but i do think offensive line and i've said i was shocked they didn't go offensive line this year in the draft i every mock draft i had them getting like either ryman in the second round getting trevor penning with the second first round pick you maybe even trading back if penning fell but you knew after the senior bowl penning was going to be a top 15 pick so once you knew that was going to happen, I found it hard to believe that he was going to fall. Like he was one guy was praying to have basically the Dwayne Johnson fall that happened in the draft, but that didn't happen. Um, Jenkins House was a mess last year. He's not good now. I feel beyond horrible for Justin Fields. I think this kid, this is the kid I think the Jets should have drafted. Well, unfortunately, Jacob, I don't think he's going to have a great year either because like that's the other thing. As much as we're complaining about the Jets' offensive line, I guarantee you right now Justin Fields would trade it for would trade his offensive line for that. Uh, after most of the do, we have an injured Quan. I mean, Quan's a good camp and rookies from last season. I mean, don't forget you also have Quincy Williams, who I really think has looked really good and I really like as a player. Um, Elton Jenkins from Green Bay. Carlos, the I the problem with him is, and this is what I've heard from the beat reporters in green Bay is like, he hasn't even really returned to practice yet. Like they can't figure out what's really wrong with his knee. Like I love him when he's healthy. He's great. That's just another big issue. Um, I'm curious to see if there is a, like in Philadelphia, Andre Dillard's a name that keeps coming up for me. 
He's a younger kid, was drafted there when Joe Douglas was there, hasn't really lived up to the expectations there, but is he someone that could maybe get an opportunity right now? And look, if I'm the Jets too, Dwayne Brown is a nice piece, but I still wouldn't stop at just Dwayne Brown because my personal preference is I like the upside of Max Mitchell, but I don't want to see him on the field this year. Like if you can get a Brandon Shell or an Andre Dillard as your third tackle now, I still think you Jets not just need one. They need two tackles. Like get Dwayne Brown, but don't just stop at Brown. Get a good third tackle because our history has shown us that Fant has missed two games each of the last season every year. So he played 15 games last year, 14 games the year before. He's probably going to miss a start or two. I mean, you, you're going to have a 37-year-old tackle. There's a chance he's going to miss a game or two. You want to have some good depth there. I like Brandon Shell potentially. Dillard's another kid. Like he has upside and he's 25. Like I'd rather take a shot on a younger offensive lineman and hope he works in a new system than maybe necessarily go out and get a 37 year old tackle. Look, it fills the short term. I get it. But I also am looking long term too because the Jets still don't have a long term deal with Fant. It doesn't look like Beckton's going to be in the long-term future. I mean, we could potentially be talking next year, and I know you don't want to look forward to next year. I get it. But we're looking at a situation where the Jets might need two new tackles. They're, it's hard enough to find one good tackle. Finding two is going to be really freaking hard. Um, wait until they find out Zach isn't an NFL quarterback for Modine. Well, we'll have to wait and see this year. Jacksonville's Cam Robinson, Walker Little, and Jawan Taylor. I wonder if they were willing to part with one of them. BK, I doubt it just because they have a young quarterback in Trevor Lawrence. I mean, and even with the additions that they've made, I just don't see that team moving offensive line. Because even with the piece they've had, I still don't think they have a great offensive line. I don't think it's very good. Um, the 49ers are an interesting team because I do wonder if there's maybe a player on that depth chart that – the 49ers would be willing to move off of that Sal maybe has a connection with. Um, Indianapolis is another interesting team because they always draft under Ballard offensive linemen uh, really well. Uh, I mean, they did draft Ryman, who was someone I really liked. But, I mean, there's Kelly Dennis, who's a backup there. Um like, look, I, I personally thought the Jets should have drafted more offensive linemen. Even on day three, I was hoping to get at least two. So we'll have to see. I mean, that's the thing with offensive linemen. They are they're hard to come by. Um, the only other team – see, I wouldn't love this because I don't love the situation around them, and I doubt they would do this because of their quarterback situation. But Laramie Tunsil, maybe. Look, I don't love that option, but it's someone that's played left tackle. Um, they drafted Kenyon Green, who could maybe kick out to that position eventually in Houston. Um, so that that's someone I might monitor, just see what the situation is there. Um Look, Seattle, I don't think Scott much. I don't think the Seattle Seahawks will want to do a trade with the Chets ever again after the whole uh, Jamal Adams trade. Uh, I mean, Green Bay's then an offensive line. Tampa Bay's then an offensive line. The Bears, forget about it. Um, I mean, I might be watching Hard Docs for the Lions try doing scouting reports to see if I can figure out uh, any tackles that might slip through the cracks. I mean, one team I'm also interested to is kind of the NFC East because they've done a good job building the trenches. 
I, we talked about Dillard with the Eagles. We all know that the Cowboys have had the injury issues at wide receiver. Um, Tyron Smith's getting long tooth. I'm not saying him, but could they maybe get Connor McGovern the guard there? He's right now backup behind Tyler Smith. Uh, could that be someone that the Jets look at to maybe, again, play him at guard, kick AVT out to the tackle position? Um Another interesting player could be Josh Ball for the Cowboys. I mean, he's a two-year pro. Um, hasn't seen a lot of playing time, but maybe the Jets have a higher grade. And we'll also have to see, too, because don't forget, Joe Douglas has now had a few drafts in the league. There could be players on rosters that he might have coveted during the Jets drafts that might be available or that have maybe flown on the rail. So I'm really interested to see what they do here. Um Drafting only Max Mitchell was malpractice. Look, Jacob, I I tend to agree. Um, and Jay, I'll get on uh, Jay really quick. I'm um Fant. He's they're easing him back from his injury. Um, so he has been at practice. He has been getting some reps. He just hasn't been getting a ton of reps. Still glad they drafted Sauce and Wilson. Drafting O line the first round next year, bound it. But the problem is, like, if you don't have an answer on Zach Wilson this year, what good does it do? I mean, seriously, like that's my biggest problem. Is like, look. It, I, I kept saying in the draft, I would rather have them have the defense be a piece or two away defensively. And you came out this year with a great offensive line and you looked and said, okay, I understand. Like I personally better draft for me would have been if you could have gotten Icky at four, Garrett Wilson and Jermaine Johnson. Could you have maybe drafted like a Tariq Willen or a corner on day two or three? Because, like, let me put it this way. With DJ Reed and Bryce Hall, I think the Jets, did Did they have an elite secondary? No, but do I think they had a good enough secondary? Yeah, I think they would have been fine with that secondary. Uh, because the big question now is, how will Zach be protected? How is Zach going to look out there? And I just am of the opinion that I'm hoping Sauce works out, and I'm hoping it works out great. But if this offensive line is the Achilles heel to this season, and this offensive line can't protect Zach Wilson, it doesn't matter if you have a Pro Bowl corner because the NFL is so predicated on having a franchise quarterback. And if you can't figure out the answer, you're in trouble. It doesn't matter if you can draft those pieces next year. Like I was saying going to the draft, draft offense crazy this year. If your defense is lagging behind, I would rather have the defense be a piece or two away going into next year's draft and be like, okay, we have the offense figured out. We're a pass rusher, a piece or two away from really having a truly elite defense than coming into and being like, well, our defense is great. Like, If the Jets have a top 10 defense this year, that's great, but does it help the Jets have a top 10 defense if Zach Wilson's on his back. Zach Wilson's not making plays, and Zach Wilson's getting the tar being out of him. No, it doesn't. I mean, you just look at what the Giants have done with Daniel Jones. Do I think Daniel Jones is a great quarterback? No, but do I think he's gotten a fair shot? No, because that offensive line has been a freaking disaster. Um, bringing and bringing in Eberflus was pointless. I don't necessarily think it was pointless. Um, Bears need offense and draft all defense. Yeah, like that to me, that was all malpractice. Um, they should have given uh, Dable everything. I guess we're going to Bill's talk now. Uh, with being cap casualties during cutdown, we can pick up that. That's a great question, Jay. I've been kind of monitoring that market, and I don't really see like the one I just mentioned 
not because it's a short term, but Dalton Reisner from the Broncos, just because he's in contract negotiations at 27, he's going to get a new contract next year. And I just don't think the Broncos are willing to pay for him as a guard. Um, and this is Preke. Like, do they believe Elijah Vera Tucker for the Jets? I think he can play right tackle, but does the people in the building think he can play right tackle? Um, imagine two common governors in the trenches. Not saying it will happen, but that's fine. I mean, look, the Jets are the uh, Bryce Hall, Brees Hall, uh, Michael Carter one, Michael Carter two. I mean, get get as many of the same names as you can. Um no, the Bears should have given Dable everything. Fields needs an OC-minded coach. I mean, I love how this shifted to Bears talk. <laughs> it, it went from being a, a Jets conversation to being uh, about the Bears. But again, guys, you can always follow us on Twitter using the handle at Rich Sports Talk. That's up in the top of the chat uh, if you want to check that out. Uh, Makai Beckton, of course, and Robert Sal commented today. Robert Sal, we love Makai. We appreciate everything he's done. His ride is not over. His story's not over. Makai Beckton, I appreciate you more than you know, Coach. Love you, Coach. It's not over. And look, like I, I don't think it's necessarily over for Makai in the NFL. I just don't think it's going to be with the Jets because you cannot put money on Makai Beckton being healthy. I mean, he's going to play one quarter in two seasons. So... You look right now, Max Mitchell got a lot of the rotation today with Chuma Doga. I think Max Mitchell has the potential to be an eventual starter, but I just don't see him being an every down starter at this point in his career. Um, I'm really hoping to see what the Jets do in the free agent market. I think they still should go after Dwayne Brown. And even if they get Brown, like I've been saying, I don't think that should be the only offensive line move. I really don't. I really believe that this team has to keep looking for additional offensive linemen. Um, Steven T, no, I expected the tie retain, so I'm fully expecting a nice trade from JD. They got to realize this is a huge issue that unfortunately has to be fixed. Last man, that's the other thing. Like, can the Jets pull off a trade? Like, if, even if you have to give up a lot of pieces for a good young offensive lineman, if he becomes a staple of this unit, it doesn't matter over the next couple of seasons. Um, so I just really believe that the Jets, that should be an option. I mean, we're all talking about the easy option, free agency, because it's it's easy. You give the guy a contract, he signs. <clears throat> but I do am curious to see if Joe Douglas is playing the phones, because that has been a strength of his. He's showing he's being more aggressive in attaining talent. Now, the question is going to be the draft pick cost. So is he willing to give up a day, a high day two pick, like a second round pick for an offensive lineman? Is he willing to give up a third and change for an offensive lineman? Like, look, if he's going to trade for an offensive lineman, he's going to trade for someone that he thinks is going to play a significant amount of snaps and be a really high-end player. Because I don't see him giving up. He might give up maybe a late pick on a flyer. I am still wonder if Andre Dillard, someone in Philadelphia that he's looking at really hard right now. Uh, well, Hurts extra about this losing McDermott as well. He's not good, but he's still a step up. I don't agree with the McDermott comment. I mean, he's a better receiver than those guys, but I don't, I don't think he's a better tackle. Uh, I know Sal's talking up Adoga, saying Adoga shows a lot of improvement, but Mitchell has will be the most intriguing player now to watch at camp because the Jets drafted him. They were really high on him in the draft. They were they I think envisioned him as a future starter, but uh, and BK brings up a good point. We're one fan injury away from fourth and fifth tackles and. 
that's why I keep saying, like, I'd look at Brandon Snell. I'd still, even if you get Brown, don't stop. I still would try sign two tackles, like whether it's Eric Fisher too, Dwayne Brown, maybe an interior offensive lineman. Like the Jets need to get at least one or two more offensive linemen. It's not just going to be this. So um, without Mosley, Rundy is appalling. We'll have to see, Jacob. It's still too early. All indications is that the run defense has been better in camp, but we'll have to see. Like we'll have to see how they do when we get to the live bullets. Um, has JD called Dr. Tariff yet? Maybe he can make a house call. <laughs> I don't know about that yet, but it is curious to see the options that the Jets are presented with. I mean, if you have options, if there are certain players that you'd like the Jets to target, realistic players, realistic players, not players that were just making fun trades in Madden because we can make Madden trades. Like I'm talking about like legitimate players and probably maybe even under the radar guys um, that you believe could potentially be targets for the Jets because they're going to be looking. I really believe that Douglas is going to be on the phone today, not just with agents, but I do think he's playing the trade market. I think he's really going to be trying to see what the trade market is, how that's what, what is available. And look, it's tough at this point in camp as well for the trade market, because you still have 90 guys on rosters we're not at the cut down point yet. I think once we get past the first or two first or second preseason game, the trade market becomes a little bit more clear about who might be getting cut, who might be being moved, who's being valued highly, who's not being valued highly. I will say it's the opposite for free agency. The longer you wait on free agency, the harder it gets because teams are going to get more injuries. I mean, we've already seen the Buccaneers lose significant pieces. We've seen the, the Broncos lose significant pieces. So, you need to be aggressive on the free agent market now, but I'd also would be playing the trade market this entire offseason. I wouldn't stop looking for a valuable tackle, whether it's someone with a little bit of upside. I, I You still got to be aggressive. You have to go out there and be hyper aggressive to try to improve this roster because even if you get Dwayne Brown, I still don't love the backups here. Max Mitchell to me is someone that, maybe by week eight or nine after lots of practice reps could maybe ready to be a backup tackle, but I don't think it's fair for him to get thrown out there and get overwhelmed early in the season. I mean, Chuma Doga and Connor McDermott, look, the jets have needed offensive linemen to step up. They haven't really done a great job when they've been in there. Um, Daryl Williams is a viable option that from, uh, Ever. Um, see, I like Williams, but um, to me, he almost feels like more of a better guard than a tackle. Um, I mean, he's played right tackle. I thought his best season was when they kicked him inside to the left guard in 2019. I mean, I wouldn't hate Williams. Um, there's a couple guys out there that uh, I, I still really like in terms of uh, free agents out there. I, like I said, J.C. Treader's out there. Uh, and the question is, like, do the Jets get creative? Because you don't necessarily just have to sign a tackle. I've been saying now, are the Jets better off 
getting a better interior offensive lineman like a JC Trader to play center and kick uh, McGovern over to guard. I mean, Daryl Williams is out there. Um, Daryl Williams, sorry. But it doesn't seem like the Jets have had a lot of interest. They've really had a lot of interest in Brown. Uh, it doesn't seem like they've had a lot of interest in Fisher. I don't think Jason Pierce is an option. He's 40 years old. One guy I keep coming back to, and I know Jet fans aren't going to love this, is I keep kind of coming back to Brandon Shell. I mean, he's 30. He's played right tackle. I think he's a better high-end backup than an everyday starter, but I would look at bringing him in to be the third tackle. And then you have Eric Flowers. Like, look, Flowers is not a good tackle, but could he play guard and you move AVT out to tackle? Like, that's an option I would be curious to see if the Jets explore. Now, personally, I have the feeling that the Jets have decided that they're not going to do that with Elijah Vera Tucker because they're already asking him to switch to the right side and learn the right guard position. Maybe they feel it's a little too much to not only move over to the right guard spot, but then kick out to the right tackle. And I look, I know it doesn't sound like a lot, but it really is. Because when you play that right tackle, you're on an island a lot often. You can get beat around the edge. You're facing usually the team's first or second best pass rusher. You're Sometimes you're not going to have help from the tight ends. So you're going to have to look at that situation and be able to adapt. And look, I think Elijah Vera Tucker has the skill set to be a very good tackle in this league. I really do. But do the Jets at this point feel that he's still learning the right guard position enough and just to continue to move him out a little bit further is going to hurt them? Um, Rich Samini giving his thoughts on the Mekhi Becton injury six seconds ago. While the injury lowers the ceiling for the O-line as a group, it doesn't mean the Jets are screwed not as crushing as loss and injury last year. Don't need a stellar O-line to win. See the Bengals, especially for zone blocking scheme. Group is greater than the five individuals, but puts more pressure on Wilson and company. Also pressure on Joe Douglas to find a pressure, a offensive line replacement to revive replacement level. Tough to find one this game, this time of game. Um, I personally agree with all that like i think me and rich are sharing a brain on that like i don't think it's completely doom and gloom lawson was really the only great edge rusher that the jets had last year before they went all in on edge rushers this offseason that was a bigger impact injury and this is the other thing way i look at this with makai beckton's injury too it's not like we saw what makai was going to give us last year i mean the jets played an entire season about makai last year so for me, it's not like all of a sudden, like you're you're like, oh my God, we know he's a Pro Bowl player. He's now on the field. Like, let's be honest, we don't know because we haven't seen him now. It's going to be two years. So I do agree with the notion in this scheme that the one benefit it, compared to Gase's scheme is it's more on the unit. And look, the Jets unit is better. I think that it's a push at left tackle because you still have Fant there. You've upgraded Lake and Tomlinson. I think Elijah Vera Tucker is going to take another step forward this year. So of four of the five positions, two of them, you've stayed the same at center and left tackle. You've improved the guard positions. And right now, right tackle is the question mark. Now, it's still, to me, a very important question how they address and answer. Because you, you cannot start this season. You cannot start this season with Connor McDermott or Chuma Doga as your starting right tackle. If you do that as a failure on this front office, and Eve, they might have some of the most potential in the world, they might be thought of highly. To me, you cannot go into game one against the Ravens' ferocious pass rush with Chuma Adoga 
or Connor McDermott or even Max Mitchell. And look, I really like Max Mitchell. I really love his upside. This is someone I really like coming out in the scouting process. I thought the Jets got a nice little steal there in the fourth round with Mitchell, to be completely honest with you. But he's one of these players that is a developmental player. He's a player that you really need to develop slowly and likely could be a good candidate to be a starting tackle next year. But for the moment, the Jets need to go out there and, to me, go and make a move. I it could I doesn't have to be a huge tackle move. Like even Brandon Shell, I wouldn't mind that move. Like the other thing too is the depth on this offensive line. I still want them to be aggressive because even though the guard depth is better than the tackle depth, I don't necessarily love the guard depth. And like I've been saying too, and you guys can agree or disagree with me, I don't think it stops with Dwayne Brown. You can't just sign Dwayne Brown and say. We're done. No, you got to keep going out there and being aggressive. You need, because coming into the season, we felt that they needed a swing tackle to begin with. I would argue it's almost more valuable now that not only do you need to get a tackle like Dwayne Brown in here, but if I'm Joe Douglas, I'm calling the Eagles and seeing if I can get Dillard to become the third tackle. Some with a little bit of upside, maybe he's a project and can turn to a starter. I'd still be looking at like a Brandon Shell. I'd be looking on this free agent market for another tackle to basically be that swing tackle, to be that tackle because the history has shown us fans going to miss a game or two. You also have to look at it too and go, okay, you might miss Fant for a game or two. Our left tackle is now going to be 37 years old. Might miss a game or two with a Nick. So will Daryl Williams or Eric Fisher come to be backups there? I doubt they'll hold out that long but i'm curious to see can the jets pull off a trade like i really think if you're joe douglas you have to add a piece i what i predict is going to happen they'll add one piece in free agency and one via the trade market or at the very least one on the free agent market and then around cut down day see if an offensive lineman falls to the cracks and what i mean by an offensive lineman i think they're kind of hoping to hit gold again, where this team has done a great job of picking up a piece like John Franklin Myers or Quincy Williams, who were released by their teams, but fit this scheme to a T, fit the mentality that this team was looking for, and fit like a glove and have been unbelievable surprises. It seems like Joe Douglas has found one of them every year he's been here. So now the question is, can lightning strike again? Can he find that missing piece? Can he find a tackle that maybe doesn't fit a new scheme, is undervalued, a team cuts him, but the Jets see that he fits a zone-blocking scheme. Because, again, with zone-blocking scheme, you don't necessarily need the biggest offensive lineman. You don't necessarily need the strongest offensive lineman, but you do need athletic offensive linemen. Maybe there's a system that they're looking for a power right tackle, but they're the tackle that they have fits the zone-blocking scheme better. These are things that you have to look at, and this is what really will determine how great of a general manager Joe Douglas is because he's nailed the draft, in my opinion, even though I have reservations about the first pick. He's done a great job in free agency, but this is really where we don't give general managers a lot of credit, but this is really where they make their money is filling out the missing pieces to a roster because the draft, you have a ton of scouts, and in some ways you have a year or years to prepare for drafts right now if you're the jets 
and you have pro scouts, you are sending them to as many camps as you can right now. And you're saying, look, try to find me a diamond in the rough. Try to find me someone that's being undervalued right now that we can bring into this program because we need to go out there and get them. What reservations do you have about sauce, Eric? Not again, Eric and guys, it's not sauce in particular. I think sauce is going to be an unbelievable player. But in the grand picture of this season and what the Jets need, which is figuring out the answer at franchise quarterback, was it more important to draft a corner in the first round with the fourth pick or was it more important to get a tackle? I'm of the opinion a tackle was more important. And look, I get it. It's not the sexiest pick. It probably doesn't have even the upside of the Sauce Gardner pick. But if the Jets had this big of a question with Makai, when you weren't sure if he could keep the weight off, you weren't sure he could show up to camp in shape. I kept saying for months, look, I know Makai Becton has all this talent, and I feel like I'm praying that he can stay healthy and show off that talent. But I've also seen a player that's played less than 45% of the snaps in his first two years of his career, and we're talking about a crucial year two of a young quarterback. I need to figure out if I have the quarterback because if I don't have the quarterback, I need to be able to pivot and move on and figure out what's next. But the the best player available, I understand that argument, but if you have a giant hole potentially in your offensive line, like let me like here's what I'm saying with with this, Eric. The Jets come out with their corners room. If Bryce Hall had to miss three or four games, you go to Brandon Eccles. You know, it's a drop-off, but it's not the biggest drop-off in the world. Like, every position on this team outside probably quarterback, I exclude quarterback, if you lose the number one player, you felt like they've done a good enough job to put a piece around them that it's not that huge of a drop-off. You lose you lose one of the tackles this year. The drop-off is significant. I mean, we're talking about players like, and I've asked this, like if Connor McDermott or Chuma Doga were available Right now, how many teams would be looking to sign them for their teams? How many teams would be looking to have them on their roster right now? Like, would Chumadoga make a 53 roster? I think that's a legitimate question. Would Connor McDermott make a 53-man roster? I think that's a legitimate question. And my other argument too, Eric, is in the draft, it's a game. And I get taking the best player available. But it's also like a casino and you look at the odds. The odds are you can find a Pro Bowl corner on day two or three of the draft a lot better than you're going to find a Pro Bowl offensive lineman. We've seen guys like Richard Sermon in the fifth round. The Cowboys, of course, found their amazing corner in the second round. The odds are in your favor for like corner, linebacker, for maybe even an interior defensive tackle, you have a good shot of finding someone, even receiver. And this is why I get a lot of flack on Garrett Wilson. I understand there was an incredible run on receivers, but you can find good receivers in the second, third round, even the fourth round. How many great offensive tackles, offensive linemen, come after day two in the draft, even after round two of the draft? It's very rare where you see someone come out and usually it's not instant it's a lot of guys like in the third or fourth round that spend a year in camp 
They're basically developed. It's guys that are developed. There isn't guys that on day three of the draft are pug and play guys. I know the, the uh, I'm trying to think of the guard's name for the Kansas City Chiefs. He's someone I was banging the door for the Jets to get um, last year. I mean, he's an exception. But for the most part, you are looking for players that can make an impact. Like, you look at the corner room, like there were good corners that went on day two, day three of the draft, where if you were to tell me the Jets got those guys, I still think they would have been happy. But this was the biggest problem is you have two tackle positions. One of which, like, just think about this. One of which I'm saying to you, hey, this kid's unbelievable. Got all the talent in the world, but it's not reliable. Like you, if you were a boss and you had an employee, oh my God, this salesman, one of the best guys I've ever seen. When he's out there grinding, unbelievable. There's just one problem. Um, he only comes in like 25, 30% of the time. I mean, he's great on those days, but he's not there 70% of the time. Like to me, that was a huge Huge issue. And I was one of the opinions, too, of even with the 10th pick with Garrett Wilson, I would have rather had the Jets trade back in or draft the receiver in the second round. Look, I think Garrett Wilson is going to be a star. So don't think it's that I hate Garrett Wilson. I think that both these players are going to be unbelievable. But let me ask you this. What would be better right now for the Jets with their current situation? Having Trevor Penning right now at their right tackle position or having Garrett Wilson right now. Look, Garrett Wilson could be an unbelievable receiver, but you have a good chance of finding receivers. There's a lot of receiver movement. You can get receivers in trades. You can get receivers in the second round. You can get receivers in the third round. The Jets could have traded back in to maybe get a first-round receiver. There's a lot more chances to get a great receiver. You know what you don't find? Great offensive lineman, Trey Smith. Thank you, Eric Fox. I appreciate that. Uh, I, I knew it was like Trey. I knew it was Smith. I forget. It was like the first name. I'm like, I couldn't grasp that. But I, I just was of the opinion, look, get an offensive lineman. Like, you, it's one of those positions, like, you don't want to – you never really talk, and this is why I talk offensive line. We never talk offensive lines a lot unless they're bad. Like, you don't want to be talking about the offensive line. And right now, we're talking about the Jets. And look, I still think the offensive line, I'm worried, but I'm not panicked yet. I do think the offensive line is better than last year. I do think as a whole, they're a better unit. I do think that they have the potential to still be a very good unit. But all of a sudden now, we're looking at a team that has 17 games. And even with Dwayne Brown, do you really feel like their two tackles are going to make it 17 games? I, I just don't see that happening. So I would load up on offensive linemen. And this is the other reason I load up on offensive linemen. Worst case scenario. I brought, I brought this up earlier in the show. Worst case scenario. Icky doesn't play this year because Becton's amazing. And Fant has a great year. You know what happens? You can move off of one of those tackles and get a lot back for them. I mean, really, the premium positions in the NFL right now feel like they're quarterback, wide receiver, edge rusher, maybe an occasional corner, but mostly offensive linemen. Really great, like the really great ones, 
are really hard to find. And if you can find them, and if you thought Ikir Evan Neal could be really great NFL players, then for me, it just feels like a miss. It just feels like a missed opportunity. And look, I, I see a lot of people in the chat talking about sauce. And I know people after the show are like, oh, you hate sauce. I don't hate sauce. I don't hate these players. I still like these picks. But I still remember saying at the time, I still give the Jets an unbelievable grade as I hit my microphone. Sorry about that if I just uh, messed up some of your ears. But I just remember the time saying this was a great draft for Joe Douglas. Dot, dot, dot. But they did leave themselves a big hole. And I do understand. Look, the Jets, here's the other thing about like the defense. The Jets were going to, they did an unbelievable job getting so many good pieces on this team this year. Joe Douglas did a fabulous job of addressing the depth and addressing the holes. You knew there was going to be certain positions that were going to have to be sacrificed in order to get this thing to work and to order to fill out the depth. I was one of those people thinking, look, the corners weren't great, but they could survive with the corners that they had. The linebackers weren't great, but they're linebackers that they could survive with. When I saw everyone saying the Jets drafted linebacker in the first round. The problem became, though, the offensive line to me was if you lose a piece, you could potentially be in a world of trouble. If the Jets have loaded up on so many pass rushers, they can lose two or three and still be in pretty good shape. They look at the linebackers. That's a little bit touch and go. But I look at the cornerback room, I look at the safety room. Like most of the positions on the Jets team, if they lose a star for three to four weeks, they're not in a world of hurt. The tackle position could be a big issue. And you're in the division with great defenses. You have one of the best defensive minds in Connor McDermott. You have an un not Connor McDermott, a Sean McDermott. You have an unbelievable, the arguably the greatest defensive mind in Bill Belichick. And look, the Dolphins don't have floors. I think that defense is going to step back a bit. But that's still a great defense. And you can't tell me those defensive coordinators aren't licking their chops and thinking about all oh, the overload blitzes and how they're going to attack that right tackle position right now. Hindsight makes all sense, but you can't go through another season and watch Diggs, Wall, and Hill running wild through the secondary. Look, it, I kept saying, though, Jay, sac- I would rather sacrifice the defense and have growing pains on the defensive side of the ball this year if I could get an answer on Zach, that is the most important thing. And I know it's hard because you want the defense to be better, but if the Jets are a top five defense, it doesn't matter if Zach Wilson, we don't know the answer, and Zach Wilson is terrible. You have to try to do everything to make it work for the quarterback position. That's the way the NFL is right now. You need to either find a franchise quarterback If you find a franchise quarterback, nurture that franchise quarterback, or if you don't have that franchise quarterback, be in a position to go and get another one because it is so crucial for the success of your organization. And if you had to sacrifice the defense for a year, I was okay with that. If I came to the end of this season, I kept putting this out there. This is the most important thing for the Jets. I'd rather have the Jets be a seven or eight win team but you know Zach's the answer at quarterback. You're like, okay, we're a piece or two away on the defense from really being a great team. Then, oh, my God, the defense is amazing. Mm, Zach, I'm not sure. Kind of didn't – couldn't protect him a lot. He got beat up. Got nicked early in the season. I, 
and I do agree to an extent with you, Eric. This is on Zach. I think the Jets have done a brilliant job of putting a team around Zach where he's going to sink or swim, but you can't argue that it just got a significantly harder and a lot more pressure has not only been put on Zach, but also on Robert Sala and Joe Douglas. Because if that right tackle position isn't held down, like I'm not saying the Jets need a great starter, but if it becomes an issue, because everyone's saying like, well, it's one position. How bad can it be? Look at the impact Greg Van Roten had on this team. The detriment he was at right guard, the liability he was last year was amazing because even though the Jets had a lot of injuries to their playmakers and a young quarterback, it was kind of funny when uh, Greg Van Roden, they found a legitimate starting guard in the NFL to replace him with. Huh, the Jets went from three yards a game to almost five yards in the running game. Zach Wilson had a lot more time to throw, but a lot of it came down to the Jets were horrible at right guard with Greg Van Roten. They need to be at least serviceable at tackle. Not great, serviceable. If you are horrible at right tackle, if you are a liability at right tackle, that impacts the old offensive line because is Elijah Vera Tucker all of a sudden going to kick out a little harder to try to aid the right tackle and let up an easy sack on the middle because he's trying to help out the tackle not get beat, but he has to move off his guy and his guy gets an inside step. It, it all comes down to chemistry and it all comes down to making sure that this unit isn't a liability. Like the NFL is a game like you don't have to necessarily be great at a lot of things. You, you cannot be horrendous at a certain position. Last year, the Jets were horrendous at stopping the football. Last year, the Jets had a horrendous situation at right guard, and that was a huge detriment to them. Once they plugged the right guard hole, all of a sudden, that offense looked a lot better, and especially that offensive line play looked uh, a lot better because of the good doctor. So, again, guys, thank you so much for joining us here today. You guys brought the great questions. If you're new to the channel, make sure you hit that subscribe button so you don't miss any of our Jets content. We will, of course, be recapping after the Eagles preseason game, giving you my thoughts on how the Jets look in that game and so much more this preseason of course hopefully we'll be able to break news about who the jets address how the jets address the tackle position so if you love jets content give us a follow at rich sports talk on twitter and of course give us a follow and subscribe here would love to hear from you guys here today um really excited to see what you guys bring this off season i know a lot of you guys with uh have always brought the a game especially with your questions um so really looking forward to the season it's always a lot to talk about with the Jets fans and with Jets fandom. I mean, look, it feels like we can never get a break sometimes, and this is just another example. But just opening up to the final round of questions. And again, if you're joining us after this live stream, make sure you put your questions in the comment on this video. I will make sure to get to them and quote your name on the next video so we get to your questions because I don't want anyone to feel out and want to make sure that everyone gets an opportunity to vent their opinion, ask their question, give their thoughts. So guys, open up for the final time. Any other questions in the chat that you guys want to talk about? Anything about Makai, the offensive line, uh, the quarterback situation? Just opening up for the final round of questions, seeing what you guys got. Uh, really excited to see if you have any good questions. So I'll just give you guys a second to see if we get any final questions 
before we head out today. Um, and of course, guys, we will be updating you on the tackle situation, whether it's through free agency, whether it's through uh, the trade market. That's the thing I would keep an eye on is the trade market because Joe Douglas really has been great on the trade market. And he's one of those guys I think would rather trade pieces to get a player than necessarily sign a player because you know he's very strict on what he values as a player. That's the budget he's going to put on the player. But now all of a sudden, too, does a guy like Bryce Hall become available? Does Denzel Mims, the push to try to get him to up his trade value, become more important over these next two or three weeks? We'll have to see. But again, guys, thank you so much for joining us here today. We will be back with more great Jets content. We will probably be back on Friday to also break down the Thursday night game against the Eagles. Look, Sal says they're each going to play a series or two. I don't take too much in the preseason games. So what I'm going to do is a little bit different. I don't think you can overlook at the starters, but again, if the offensive right tackle position is a problem, we'll talk about it. I'm going to look at more the depth pieces. And for me, the biggest thing I'm going to evaluate is how they do the offensive line, do where they're lining guys up, who they're putting out there in terms of the, the rotation order, how they're looking to address potentially the right and left tackle. Guys are giving more playing time. Will Max Mitchell get more snaps than Adoga? I'm really interested to see that. And, of course, to see who lines up on the defense and what pieces and what packages they're going to do. Look, I think the preseason is going to be very vanilla this year. I don't think the Jets are going to show off too much. But still, especially for the depth, I do think preseason is very telling. But, guys, thank you so much for joining us here. We'll be back here on Rich Sports Talk with more Jets content this season. But, again, to reiterate, Makai Becton reported likely out for the entire season. This is a huge blow for the Jets. I don't think it is a death blow to this offensive line, but it definitely is a huge issue. And I'm really fascinated to see how Joe Douglas and the Jets address this going forward because you know it's going to happen, but I'm curious to see in which direction they take. Thank you guys so much for joining us here today. We'll see you next time.